Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime. Really, the best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Dalala. Phil, we're back in our old studio. Uh, do, does our voice sound better in here? I think so. It's got the nice uh, sound padding. Yeah. It's finely tuned so that you the can, neutral zone sounds as nice as possible. You can hear the nice, uh, deep, you know, rumbles. The tones. The tones. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we are back in the podcast studio. I feel like we used to have different microphones in here. Yeah, we're mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. These we are like COVID these. times. Eric. COVID So you times. have to adjust, you have to be flexible, and you have to make anything work. That's right. Next week, we might be doing this outside. Who knows? We'll just have it to just figure really it out. It depends. Yep. But uh, we've got a lot of great stuff to talk about here today. Do we ever? Yeah. The Broncos' playoff chances, uh, probably not one of them. There is a path, Phil. I know that you've been. You've been you went I've been in the lab. Yeah, you went in a dark, dark place. <laughs> it's not that far-fetched. Okay, let's hear it. Well, I'd have to look it up. It's a lot of oh, memorization. Okay. Lot There's of, nine yeah. games that have yeah, to go yeah, the Broncos' yeah. way. Yeah. And probably the least likely is Broncos' Chiefs. Winning? Yeah. Oh, got it. So the Broncos have to win both their games. Broncos right? have to win both their games. I think that's games. where it starts. Yeah. Then, like, a whole bunch of crazy stuff has to happen. Not too crazy. Like, if the wind, uh, you know, blows no. a certain direction and it's snowing in this location but raining here and all kinds of different No, not that full crazy. Moon, the Rams have moon. to beat the Ravens. That's doable. The Pretty Titans have to beat the, the teams, Dolphins. Yeah, that's doable. teams have to lose and – the bad AFC teams have to lose, and yeah. the good AFC teams have to win. Win. Got it. Yeah. And then the Broncos win. And we'll see. We'll have to see what happens. Yeah. I think it's. I actually think it's possible you could get through this week with the Broncos it's still being still alive. Still being in it. There's only that four, would be kind of exciting. There's only four games this week that have to go the Broncos' way. That actually hasn't happened in, since, like, 2015. Yeah. Where the Broncos are in the mix the final week of the season. So that yeah. would be kind of interesting. Yeah. I think I can remember that one. Yes. That's Browns over Steelers. Broncos over Chargers, Rams over Ravens, and uh, Titans over Dolphins. Those things could happen. Yeah. Although the Dolphins have won seven games in a row. Yeah, that's pretty good. First team – remember we talked about this earlier in the year, like losing, winning a bunch of games and then losing a bunch of games. How, how much has that happened? The Dolphins, the first team ever to lose seven consecutive and then win seven consecutive. In the same season, yeah. In the same season. It's yeah, true. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Same season. Yeah. Yeah, but what I want to get into on this episode is uh, what what can Drew Locke do these final two games here if he's a starter in both of them, and we're assuming he's going to start this Chargers game. Vic Fangio all but said that on Wednesday. It's likely. Yeah, you know he said that Teddy not able to practice, still not uh, looking like uh, Bridgewater will be able to play. So it's probably going to be Drew Locke. And then if Drew Locke finishes the season, uh, if Teddy's still not able to go, what I'm wondering is can he do something in these games to change the mind of Broncos country and also Broncos decision makers that maybe there is something long-term to this guy? Mm. That's what I'm wondering. Okay. I think maybe we can get into that a little bit. Then uh, the other thing I was interested in, Eric, is uh, – talking about the foundation of this Broncos team. You know, uh, I think that'll be a nice transition from the Drew Lock to the building f- for the future here. What does this foundation look like moving forward? And, you know, Justin Simmons was asked about it on Wednesday and said he felt positive about the foundation, what was building here in Denver. 
I'm wondering what you think about the foundation. What is he supposed to say? He could be honest and just say exactly how he feels. Maybe he was being honest. Maybe he was. That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what he's supposed to say. He's yeah. supposed to be honest. Supposed to be honest. So if he really That's thought all the I wanted. if he thought the foundation was bad, he should say you, that. Okay. That's what <laughs> Got I mean. it. I just want an honest answer. Yeah. Know? Of course. Sometimes, you know, a lot of reporters say, I just want an honest answer. And then when people when they get an honest answer, they get upset. They don't Not like this it. guy. No, you I just you want love honesty. It. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I like mixing it up. I like it when people are serious. I like when people are funny. But I, most of all, I like it when people are genuine and honest. Got it. I see that. That's what, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what I like. Love that. Uh, Eric, and then maybe I thought we could wrap up with something fun, just talking about father and son duos mm. in the NFL, because obviously Pat Sertan and then Pat Sertan again. Yeah. Uh, he was asked whether or not by Justin Simmons, uh, ironically enough. Huh? Yeah. Justin Simmons hopped on the Zoom a little bit early and then asked a question to while Sertan was still going. Is that honest? Yes. Okay. It was honest. And he asked uh, Sertan, okay, if you and your dad lined up, one was DB, one was a wide receiver, uh-huh. ran a play, and then they switched positions and ran a play, who would come out uh, on top of those situations? In their respective primes. In their respective primes. And, Not today. Uh, PS2 is not even in his prime yet, so we we don't even know what that means. You know what I mean? Don't you it's wish you could craziness. know we were in the good old days before they crazy. were over? Huh? You ever wish you were in the good – knew you were in the good old days before <laughs> they were from, over? Is that from something? Is that like I a just, new girl reference I just said that. No, I, it's oh. just something I thought about. Got it. Yeah, that's true. But uh, I think that uh, PS2 gave an honest answer and said that I'd win both of those. Yeah. And then his dad so, chimed in. Yes, yeah, dad chimed in on Twitter. He said, let's go. Let's, yeah. li- let's line it up. Mm. Eric. And he gave an honest answer, both of them. Both think they could win. So it, it got me thinking, you know, there's been quite a few father-son duos in the NFL. Many. You know. Uh, Dozens. Including, you know, 10, Archie 000. Manning, Peyton Manning. Yep. Uh, even in the coaching realms, you know, like Don Shula, Mike Shula. There's some Broncos connections here with some father-son duos. Yeah, you that's know, true. It just got me thinking, you know, who who usually the son is better than the father, you know, and I was just wondering uh we can maybe ex- explore that a little bit. Got it. That could yeah. be nice. Yeah. So uh, Eric, there's many ways that uh NZ Nation can be a part of this show because we do have some comments to get to later on in the episode. We do. You can leave a voicemail if you want to if you're listening or watching 707 neutral. That's, that's that. a good way. But, Eric, sometimes people don't want to leave their voice on, on air. No, that could be scary. It could be scary. So what What else? What are their options? You could leave an email at neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. And we'll read that. Right here on the air. Neutralzoneshow at, gmail. at gmail.com. Okay, got it. Got it. Yeah. I like that. Uh, you could also hit us up directly on Twitter at Eric Dalala with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH. Non-traditional spellings. Non-traditional. Are you on Twitter right now? There's always yeah. news to be breaking. There's always so, something going on. There's always Twitter. the COVID going on right now. You need to pay attention th- to me. I'm, I'm paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I'm tweeting Thank at you, you right now, Thank at Phil Milani with you. a PH. You know who likes to tweet at us? Tom Agnetti. That's our guy. He came out uh, and joined us at Breckenridge Brewery's Farm Home. That's right. Earlier man. in the season. Yes, he did. At the very beginning of November. After the Washington football team. Yeah. Lost to the Denver Broncos. Yeah, that was on Halloween. He joined us November first, uh-huh. and he took a picture with us yeah. after the after the show. Mm-hmm. 
And that made it into his book from the trip out here. A scrapbook of a sorts. A scrapbook, yeah. That's that's pretty nice. That's nice. We'll post. I'll retweet that. Uh, you will? Yeah, so check it out. On, do it right on, now. Yeah. yeah. No, I like to pay attention to you. I don't do <laughs> that's, it right now. That's the honest, yeah. honest answer. I don't like yeah. to pay attention See? to you. And then uh, uh, you could also comment on YouTube. We'll have some YouTube comments. You know, we haven't done that in a while. No, we haven't. But we got so some good ones. We got some good ones here. So we'll we'll talk about those later on in the show. Perfect. So that's how you get in touch with us. You could be just like Tom Agnetti and come out to Breckenridge Brewery's Farm Home. Only two more shows there. Eric. That's sad. For this year. For this year. Who knows what could happen next year. I know. Yeah. It, the, the possibilities are really endless. They, anything could happen. But two more the rest of this year. We're there every Monday after Broncos games. Yep. From 6 to 7 p.m. sharp. Live on YouTube. Live on the Broncos YouTube page no matter what. No matter what. We'll be right there. Yeah. So come on out. Say hi. Could be good. uh, You could also enjoy a beverage. We enjoyed a couple of beverages. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We needed it after. Yeah, we needed it. Yeah. So, Eric, let's uh, dive into our first topic here on this episode of the Neutral Zone, and that is talking about Drew Locke and what he might be able to do these last two games if he is called upon to maybe uh, help uh, decide what his future might be here in Denver or elsewhere in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering, do you think that if he goes out and plays like he did against the Raiders, which probably was, I mean, according to some people, maybe his best game? The number crunchers. The number crunchers. The PFF. The stat people like you, the DVOA. No, I don't. I like, to, I like to look at things like points. Got it. Touchdowns. Yeah. Interceptions. Yeah, interceptions. There were none of those. There were none of those. Advanced metrics. Yeah, what about them? Some of those people think that this was Drew Locke's best game ever. Ever. That's what they say. Yeah, I don't necessarily. I don't agree with that. No. But what if he? What if he goes out there and maybe this time he throws like two touchdowns and also no interceptions? Do you think is is it possible? I guess is what I'm saying. Is it possible for him to change the perception around him? Well, obviously, there's some people that still have. Not like the perception around him for some people is that he's great, that is, true. and that he should be the franchise quarterback. Obviously, the the fan base is very divided. That is true. But uh, you know, I I think there's a couple things working against Drew here because, and the main thing is that he's just kind of run out of time. Ooh. And that, like, say he goes out and what'd you say? Two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. What if he, let's say he throws for 250 yards? Yeah. Two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah. Would you start to be like, hmm? To me, that's still like a – it's a good game, but but it's still kind of in the realm of, hey, we haven't seen this. Consistency has always been the thing with Drew, right? Mm. I think you needed to see it kind of over the span of a whole season. I don't know if – you know if he went out and he threw four touchdowns, no interceptions, 350 yards each of the next two games – Maybe it, it drives up his trade value. Maybe it piques your interest a little bit. Maybe it gives you an idea of, hey, if Drew needs to be our backup next year, we feel a lot better about it. But I just think where this roster is, who you've re-signed to contracts in Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Justin Simmons, Shelby Harris, who you drafted in Pat Sertan, Javante Williams, this team, Phil, I think is ready to win mm-hmm. and ready to compete and I still think that Drew's at the point in his career where if you gave him a full season next year, there's still going to be some ups and downs. Like, I don't think it would be perfect. I think it would still be – there would still be a learning curve. So that's not really uh, him running out of time. It's more so just that 
you don't think maybe he's built right now for this roster. Right, but I think that's because he's run out of time. Like, if this was a year ago where he kind of showed, like, hey, it was up and down, but toward the end of the year I was really, really good, and the Broncos were – like, he played better down the stretch last year, but the wins weren't there. Yeah. And so if he had done something late in the year last year to suggest, hey, I've turned the corner, maybe you get that that extra season. But I think it would be hard for him to prove over these next two games or show enough that – like, hey, we can take – because it's a risk, right? If you say he's going to be our starter next year, mm. I think it's maybe a little too much of a risk to say, based off two games, that he's done enough to earn that right. Because, like yeah. I said, I think this team is built to win. And, and so either you need to go get somebody that can win now, yeah, or if you're going to invest in like a young player that needs that time, I would think it would need to be another draft pick that – Somebody with a higher ceiling. Maybe. Right. And that – you haven't kind of already seen like 20 games or whatever of of tape that suggest maybe it's going to work out maybe it's not if you're going to go through a whole nother year like say you draft a rookie quarterback and you have to go through all the growing pains you want it to be for a guy that you still think has a chance to be a top five quarterback yep i'm not that's what i'm saying i'm not sure that even if drew plays his best football consistently i'm not saying he can't be a top 15 guy maybe even borderline top 10 but I'm not sure that he that he profiles as like a a Burrow or a Mahomes or a Herbert or somebody like that. That's what that's what I was sort of going to get to is that I I think even if he goes out and has two really excuse me two really good games, I don't think that that would even be enough to change people's minds because this is still the coaching staff and the decision makers here in the front office that helped all get together and say Teddy's going to be the guy here moving forward for this season. So, like, I, I think that the sample size is just too small. Like, maybe if they would have gone to Drew earlier in the season where he had, like, eight eight games to show that, hey, uh, look, I am really good. I am this improved quarterback. Maybe then you would start to have that doubt in your mind. But I just think that two games is just not enough. And, and like uh, – it was a good game against the the Raiders, but it wasn't anything that was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy is he's got it." You no, know what I it mean? was like a it was like a good performance from a young quarterback or like yeah. a, a backup quarterback. He did what they uh, the coaching staff asked him to do: to play a little more conservative, don't turn the ball over, let's uh, win with the defense, and presumably they thought they'd have a rushing attack. Right? They didn't. Drew didn't get any help from uh, the offensive line. No, but as as we talked about Monday, Phil, there are when you look at some other quarterbacks, some other offenses around the league, they have other they have more chances than the Broncos did. Yep. Like we talk about Drew having a good game and it kind of being spoiled by some drops, by some plays that weren't to the first down marker. Well, most most quarterbacks, most offenses, you have more than like three or four plays over the course of the game that you have to convert. And yep. I just kind of think Look at what the other quarterbacks in this division are doing. Look what quarter, young quarterbacks around the AFC are doing. This roster is really good right now. At some point, Phil, the entire roster will not be as good because yep. when you have good players, you've got to you've got to pay them, and then kind of the entire roster like takes a little bit of a step down. And so I do think at some point you need a top caliber guy. And I just don't know if Drew – it's nothing against him. I, I think he'll still be a solid NFL quarterback somewhere, but I don't know if he profiles as that top guy. And, Phil, it seemed to me when he talked to the media on Wednesday 
that he kind of knew that something's going to happen. He was mm-hmm. he was asked, "Hey, can you prove yourself here?" And he was he said, "I want to prove it to my teammates." But whatever he said, whatever they decide, like whatever the Broncos decide is up to them. And it was almost like he was talking about them as like a separate entity. Not like which is which is odd as someone who's like part of that team. Got it. You know. So you were kind of read into. I read into a little bit of how he was saying, just you know, that he might think, "Hey, I'm gonna have to go somewhere else to get this opportunity," or or something like that. Do you think Drew would be happy if he was in a backup role to like an elite guy in this league? No, I I think Drew wants to play football. Yeah, and I I don't blame him. A lot of guys want to play football, and I think you know some quarterbacks get to the point where. They understand that a backup role is what kind of they're destined for. I'm guessing based on how Drew talks that he thinks I can be a starter somewhere. He said, I need this. I was missing this for my life. You know, he wants to lead the guys. He's still young. It's only his third season. There's certainly a chance he could go somewhere and and turn it around and prove he's the guy. But, no, I don't think right now he would be – and I'm kind of speaking for him. He hasn't said this. but um Right now, I don't see that he would be satisfied just or content being a backup yep. long term. I don't think he'd be happy as a backup either. No. So, so if you don't think that it'll happen here for Drew, just because of the way this roster is constructed, you don't think he'd be happy as a backup. Do you think that in Drew's mind somewhere he's like, I've got to go out here and do stuff so that some other team in the NFL sees what I'm capable of? Yeah, absolutely. And he might not want to admit that, but I think anybody. Like who's that. on this roster who doesn't have a starting job, who doesn't have a contract, you know, who's not under contract going into next year. You've got to be thinking that of yep. you know, we talk a lot about what's there left to play for. I hate that question. Oh, sorry. People ask that question all the time and it's like you just get this exact same answer every single time. Yeah. So why ask the question? Well, but I think that they all say we're pros. The reality is everyone's playing to put good tape out there so they can Get that next contract. Exactly. You, there's only 17 of these games, and you only play what that league averages like three, four years. Yeah. You got to take advantage of every chance you go out there to do something. Right. And there's you know there's all these like big or not all these, but there's some big name free agents that the Broncos would have. Obviously, fewer now that Cortland and Tim have been yeah. re-signed. But there are some guys that will be free agents that maybe fans know about. And then there's a bunch of guys that are free agents that you probably never even considered would be a free agent. And so those guys need to go out and prove that, Hey, I should come back or I need another team to pick me up. Um, a guy like drew could prove somewhere, Hey, I should be the starter. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, if he gets to play or whatever tape he put out there this year, if, if he's done for the season, you contract. Yeah, exactly. So there's always something to play for. And it's about more in my mind these individual guys figuring out, hey, what's next for me as opposed to some sort of like, we're going to keep trying hard because we're pros. Yeah. Obviously, I think the guys who know they're going to be here want to keep building. Yeah. But there's a lot of guys that they just, this is their livelihood. It is. Well, all of the guys, it's their livelihood. Yeah. But these games at the end of the season. Like Justin Simmons' livelihood is a little bit more secure than some other guys. Name a guy. (laughs) You. You and me. Yes. Uh, I live day-to-day, Eric. That's right. How, that's how I, I sort of operate always. The other interesting thing is usually at this time of the year, we're talking about, oh, this will be some opportunities for some young guys to get in the mix. That's not really the case for this Broncos team because young guys have been contributing all year long. Yeah, that's true. 
it's sort of an interesting situation where you're not even turning to younger guys to get some reps here. That's not really the case with this Broncos squad. Well, and it's I think it points to as well the strength of this roster. Like you're not phasing guys out necessarily that were a core part of this team. Like Kyle Fuller, for example, yeah. he's going to be a free agent. Yeah. He was a guy that maybe if like if Pat Sertan were getting very much playing time, yeah, they would, would turn to him. Exactly, now, but it's like yep. Pat Sertan is probably the best cornerback on this team yeah. and maybe their second best defensive player already. Yeah. And so you look around this roster and it's like, well, there's not a lot of young guys to play at running back because Javante Williams is, already has a big role and the yep. wide receiving core is set and the young guys at tight end. And so that kind of goes back to my point earlier of this roster is ready to go. Yeah. Justin Simmons said the foundation is strong. They're ready to, they're ready to compete. And that's why the quarterback going back to drew to me you need somebody that's either going to step in and be ready to go right away or you need somebody with the potential to be a top elite. five guy yeah. yeah elite let's get into that next uh, topic here and talk about the foundation of this Broncos yeah. team you kind of hinted there on the defensive side there's a couple of guys who are, seem to be premier at their spots uh compared to the rest of the league where what do you think about this foundation you know uh We've heard George Payton say a lot last year that this thing's built through the draft. That's the foundation of your team. Where do you think the Broncos are here moving forward? I think they're in a good spot. I mean, I think a lot of teams would switch places with the Broncos. And granted, part of the reason it's really good is because you haven't spent that high-end money on the quarterback position. Yeah, they have cap space because when you the Broncos have missed a little bit in the draft, not really last year or the or this year, but previous years so you're not re-signing your own guys which means you have a lot of cap space and so there's a reason that the entire roster is good but it's though this year in particular with the rookie class you have you can see that you're building things through the draft which is the best way to have sustained success yeah i mean the the reason the chiefs struggled a little bit was because they can't afford to go out and pay a ton of big name free agents so you have to hit in the draft and they kind of missed on some guys, and all of a sudden you're in a little bit of trouble. And now they're the number one team. And now they figured it out. Yeah. Who did that? Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. But in general, it gets harder for some of these teams. And, you know, you're always still in it, but maybe you don't have the, the Super Bowl team. But, yeah, I, I think the foundation overall is strong. There's some They're going to have to continue to draft well, which with George Payton you'd like to think that would continue. Um, you're going to have to hit on your free agents probably a little bit better than you did this year because – like Justin Simmons is your biggest free agent signing this year, whether or not you want to consider him that or not. He was an unrestricted guy. Yeah. You re-sign him to a big deal, and he's been But the really new good. additions, like uh, Ronald Darby, he's been solid. Yeah, he's been solid. Kyle Fuller probably didn't work out quite how they envisioned it. No. I think that that's honest. Mike Boone was one of the main Mike guys Boone. who hasn't had a, a huge role. But I think maybe – Prior to the draft, they thought, let's get a guy. Mike Boone was supposed to be that backup to Melvin Gordon, but then Javante emerged. Right. So who else did they really bring in here that you were like? I mean, they brought in Shamar Steven, Stefan Steven. Yeah. The uh, linebackers that they brought in during the middle of the season have been nice. I mean, truly their big name guy was Justin Simmons. Yeah. And it worked out well. But you're probably going to need to hit on on those. But, yeah, I think overall – the foundation is good, and if you can just get a couple pieces in place, you're going to be ready to rock. I think uh, one way you could look at it is, like, what is a glaring hole in a roster? The Broncos don't necessarily have something that's just, like, really 
uh, a void anywhere. I'd say maybe pass rusher. They could use a little bit of a of a guy there who um, is like a game changer type of person. Yeah. So either an early draft pick or maybe a free agent or something like that. Just somebody like a Chubb that's like you're going to fear them when they're healthy. Right. And the other place is probably offensive line still. Offensive line, you could probably and you know I, you re-sign Mike Purcell, but like defensive line could be an area too where you need a, a little, little better depth there. And I would say if the Broncos go out, I mean, and find a premier quarterback somewhere else in the league, they trade for a guy, they sign a guy, whatever it is, the offensive line is going to become a priority. You know, just because you don't want to bring in this guy who's going to change your outlook for the season. You you got to protect them, right? Well, but I also think that if you bring in a big big name guy, there's probably certain free agents that will want to play here that true. didn't necessarily have interest. The Manning before. impact, exactly. Yeah, you that could is. bring guys in for you know a lower salary, whereas you might have to pay them more otherwise. So it'll be something to watch. But I, I do I look at this team and the past few years, you think, man, there's a ton of holes to plug. I don't necessarily feel that way. I think yeah. Uh, like maybe you want to bring Malik Reed back. I yeah. think he's a I believe he's a restricted he might be unrestricted this year, I'd have to check. But there are by getting Cortland and Tim done, there's not a ton of guys that you're like, we have to bring this guy back or else we're just in terrible shape there. Yeah. And so I like that about this team. I think they're ready to uh kind of be in that mix, but Melvin Gordon will be a decision. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, just with Javante, and then, you know, you probably want another back to help carry right. some of the load there. Yeah, Melvin's a good one. Um, wide receiver is good. Tight end is good. Uh, we mentioned the O-line. Then on the defensive side, D-line we mentioned could use a little bit of reinforcements. But, but all those guys are under crazy. contract. Yeah. The starters are. Uh, linebacker is going to be interesting to see what they do here with Josie Jewell, Alexander Johnson. Kenny Young. Kenny Young. Um and then on the outside, the secondary seems pretty solid. Uh, probably you probably need a nickel, either need, need to re-sign like Bryce yeah. or get another outside corner. But you're not, I don't think you you're don't not need freaking. First round you're not freaking yeah, out exactly. about it. Yeah, exactly. So I would say the foundation. Is, I agree with Justin. Good. He was being honest. Do you think? Yeah. Uh, let's get to uh, another topic here we wanted to touch on here on the neutral zone is uh, talking about father-son duos. Mm. Pat Sertan and Pat Sertan again. Yep. If they, uh, you know, went at it, uh, it'd be interesting to see who, who would uh, come out on top, huh? Yeah. But if both are in their prime. In their prime. Which we don't know about PS2. Right. Could How good really, could he get? Yeah. Is he past his prime? I don't think so. I don't think so either. No. When is a prime for a cornerback? For a corner? That's Maybe a good like question. Year three, four? Yeah. I think that's probably your prime. Your peak physical condition and the mental side of it, you're really sharp at that point. I mean, Justin's probably in his prime right now, right? Yeah. It's year six. Yeah. He's probably, he's definitely in his prime. Yeah. Back to back five interception seasons. He's also a freak physically. Like, like he is really athletic. Yes. So. Uh, like someone like Justin doesn't – it comes naturally to him, mm. the athleticism. So, yeah. like, I, I'd be surprised if that started waning anytime soon. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, it got me wondering, though, like, uh, usually in these situations, the son tends to be a little bit better than the father. Ooh. Like, Archie Manning was very good. Uh-huh. But Peyton Manning is, like, an all-time great. 
Ooh. And Eli is probably even better than Archie was. Would you say or no? I don't know about that. Archie is really good. But Eli won two Super Bowls. Yeah, but just from a pure numbers are like from a pure physical. I mean, Archie was on a really bad New Orleans team. But Eli was the number one overall pick. Yeah. Peyton was the number one overall pick. It's true. I think Archie was the number two pick. Way down there. Yeah. I don't. Archie could run around the way that none of them could. Yeah, that is true. A little bit more physically. Cooper, Cupper. Cupper, he was. He was supposed to be the best of any yeah, of them at wide exactly. receiver. But back injury. Yeah. That's you know probably that is. yeah, back injury. That's not good. When you get to be my age, no. the back is fifty yeah. fifty every day. Yeah, you're like I'm fifty and now it feels <laughs> fifty on my back. But I would say, okay, the Mannings are obviously the the gold standard in terms yeah. of father son. Uh huh. You know, but like there's some other ones out there. Like the Matthews kids. The father, probably the best. Clay Matthews. Yeah, he's yeah, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So that doesn't – that might – This is a good topic. That's not good. Yeah. I'm trying to think about who – yeah, dang it, that one. I shouldn't have brought that one. <laughs> dang. Oh, how about the Longs? The Longs, yeah. How he was – He's really good too, yeah. Yeah. That's true. Wow. So not always true. Sometimes, but not always. That is interesting. Because uh. you would tend to think that if you're a – like I know that uh, Pat Sertan – uh-huh. He coached uh, PS2 all the way through. You yeah. Know? Helped him in high school. And I think there's a, a big reason why uh, Sertan, again, is having such a tremendous rookie year. He's so poised and mentally sharp with the game. A, a, a large part of that is probably credit to his dad. Oh, I think so. You know, you're groomed from a young age. You know, when you're, you're prepared, fun. yeah. It's kind of like probably like how uh, Peyton's kid. Yeah, Marshall. He Marshall. Was, he, you know, like his dad's coaching his flag football team. Right. He already it's knows. Like, a little more complex he, than he's probably better at identifying checks than some NFL quarterbacks. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. What like, about Arch you, Manning, you didn't even exactly. mention him. Yeah, Arch Manning. Not to be confused with Archie Manning, but Arch Manning. Well, they have different names. Yeah, Arch. That's yeah. the same name as Archie. It's the same name. It's just one goes by something a little different than the other. You know that for a fact. They're both I Archibald. So. I would as- I would assume so. I don't oh, know if that's for a fact. Yeah, like there is no nickname for Eric. You're just Eric, right? But like for Philip, which I am, all Phils are Phillips. There's no Phils out there. That my brother, my brother is Alex, but it's not short for Alexander. Interesting. So it could be two different names. So you think that Arch? It's just Arch. who knows? I don't. It's know. It's possible. Fact check, Ben Swanson. He's yeah, he's not here. Done. He's done with the. But would you be surprised, like, if Marshall was better than Peyton? Yes, that would. Be I amazing. would be surprised because he's yeah. like that a top true. five quarterback ever. Yeah, that is true. What do you think? Yeah, what's what's Tom Brady's kid, kid doing these yeah. days? I think let's just focus on maybe hoping that they have fun and enjoy the game. But there is probably a certain level of pressure. You know what's fun for in tubs? Yeah. Brett Rippin, not his not his father, uncle. but his uncle, Mark. Yeah. He was really good. Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Good old Rip. Got himself a tub. Yeah, exactly. So interesting. I mean, uh I we heard George Payton say that he thought that uh, uh PS two had a little more dog in him. Mm. Woof. Yeah. So I think we know where George thinks what he thinks. Yeah. So Good topic, huh? Yeah. Was there like a like a point or anything? I just no. There's no. There doesn't have to be a point. It's just like interesting to talk. <laughs> the neutral about. zone. There doesn't have to be a point. 
It's just fun to talk. Yeah, to yeah, I had a lot of fun. I'm sorry that you don't you don't bring anything. I had to fun. You don't. You, don't you brought so much. I don't. I don't, don't, I don't feel like I needed to bring anything. Okay, you want to get to some YouTube comments? Maybe? Sure. Yeah. What's the point? What's even the point? Let's just let's just leave. Huh? What's the point here? Okay, uh, Maddie Randolph. Okay. Maddie Randolph says, "Giant dorks, <laughs> the two of you, dorks that are Broncos fans, though." And that makes you cool. <laughs> what do you think about that, Eric? I think that that's a fair point. You think that's pretty good? Yeah. It's a what? little hurtful, but it, it became kind of nice. It did become kind of nice. Or at least nice. it became neutral, you know. Neutral zone. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, Matty. Yeah. We are kind of dorks. Well, I def- you definitely are a dork. Matty with a T? No, M-A-D-D-Y. Oh. Maybe. I don't. Well, it could just be Matty. You just never know. It could be Madison. It could be. It could be Madeline. That's true. Yeah. Who really knows? Really don't know. Wow. D. Robinson. I'm so tired of your predictions of what will happen with Drew starting. He's a better QB than Teddy has ever been. With our defense playing so well this year, there is no excuse why Teddy only won that many games. Wow. He brought the heat, and he didn't like your predictions. That's why we didn't do predictions today. I didn't even realize we didn't do that. I know because you're out of it. Yeah, you don't even care. What's there the no what's point. the other? Yeah, what's the point of predictions? Yeah. That got four replies, Eric, and I don't know if. Can you read any of them? Uh, Adelson Rodriguez says we had a good defense last year too. Dot dot dot. Stop it. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Let's get it going. Uh, and then people disagree with Adelson. So <laughs> poor Adelson. It's rough out there in the YouTube page, especially when it comes to the quarterback position. It's tough. Do you think so, the Broncos would have had – what record would the Broncos have if Drew Locke started every game? Ooh. This is dangerous territory. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I would say, Eric, if I'm being honest, it would probably be right about the same. I do think. I do think that they were neck and neck during training camp. Maybe – they would have fallen one of those games that they should have won like early on, but they probably would have nicked off one of those teams like they did uh, later. Like maybe they beat the, I don't know, maybe they beat the Browns if, if Drew would have started that one or something. So like, I think there's probably a give or take here or there. They'd be right around the same. Yeah. May- maybe six wins instead of seven. Yeah. Like they'd be just right around the same sort of team. I'll say this. I don't think there's, any way that they would have more wins. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, Teddy had a career year. Yeah, Teddy played so. well in the games he didn't play well in. The Broncos lost, but, I mean, the Broncos are, what, like one in four in one possession games? Like, their yeah. wins have been convincing. And if there's one thing from last year, the Broncos didn't have a ton of convincing wins. Yeah, that's true. They like had a ev- win that came on the very last play. Right. That yeah. they came back and from then, 21 down. Yeah. No, I think that – I think Teddy was the right choice at the beginning of the year just for the way that this team was constructed. Right. And I think that Teddy played very well this year. There were times where some things were frustrating with Teddy just in terms of just like – Sure. You know, not getting the ball to his playmakers maybe as much as fans certainly would have wanted to see. But he didn't turn the ball over. He played very efficient football. He did what Teddy does. Like, did Drew Drew won four games last year? Is that right? 
Yeah, because Rippon won the Jets game. Good old Rip. Good old Rip. Like he won the Panthers game, the Chargers game. Yeah. Earlier in the year. Yeah, they, well, they started 0-3. Yeah, that he got hurt. There were a couple other games. In was the they Titans? No, no, they lost the Titans game. Yeah, they the won in 2019. Yeah. Fact check. But, Let me, I mean, yeah. those are, there's not a ton of memorable. No. Uh, they lost to the Steelers. They lost to uh, Tampa Bay at home when uh, um, Driscoll started last season. Uh, they didn't, got the win. Get himself a. T- they got the win at the Jets. Oh yeah, so they uh, they won in New England. That was one of his. Oh wins. yeah, yeah. But the Broncos right the COVID, did not score a touchdown. Right. In didn't, that game, no, I think. I think they scored. I think they kicked six field goals. What was the other game they won? Yes, the Broncos kicked six, six, six field goals. Oh, eighteen to twelve. Yeah. Yeah, a bon boona. A uh, Miami. Oh yeah, that was a Justin Simmons interception in the end zone. Yeah. So I think that they would have been around the same team. So they only they only won one of those games. One, two. They only won one of those. No, they didn't win any of them. All of those games were one possession wins. Yeah. The Broncos did not have a blowout comfortable. A win last year yeah. that was, you know. Really just killed them. Yeah. They didn't kill anybody. No. They're so, only. Well, they only won five games. They're only two possession. But, well, right, but the Broncos this year have only won seven games. Yeah, and six of them are by more than one possession. I think. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that uh, you should go back and second guess anything. That, like, a, a lot of people are probably wondering, oh gosh, if Drew would have started, you know, they, the, this team would have been much better. That I don't think so. Right. I, I don't think it's so, like one possession wins are like. Or one possession games, they tend to flip flop. Like this, like next year, it's possible the Broncos are three and two in one possession games, or four and one, or whatever. It tends to flip flop. Well, if you have good quarterback play, you tend to win a lot of those close games. uh, I think they they've studied this. It tends to be a little more. You are a dork. It tends to (laughs) tends to be a little more close. But listen, the they've won six games by more than one possession, which suggests those were comfortable wins. Yes. Their wins have been very definitive. Like this, so their in my, losses have could have gone either way. In my time, in my mind, this team is closer to ten wins than it is to like five, f- four yeah. wins or whatever. Yeah, I agree. Okay. But also, Eric, this team honest. lost four games earlier in the year consecutive, and if things don't go well, they could close the season with four consecutive losses. Yes, so that would not be good. That would not be good. Uh, let's get to an email here, okay, Eric? This is from Joshua. Cavazos. Cavazos. Okay. Joshua. Maybe it goes by Josh. I don't know. You might, don't maybe know. you would have put Josh. Hi, Phil and Eric. I enjoy listening to the show on YouTube weekly. Josh, Thanks, right? Joshua. I've been a Broncos fan for many years, and it's been quite difficult to see the team in this state that it's been the last five years. Our QB carousel situation has been annoying to see. Yes, Broncos finished 9-7 and seven in 2016, and Trevor Simeon won eight of those starts. I'm still waiting, though, for a signal caller to match that record and get this team back to that mark. The coaching staff has been a constant issue, and clearly changes need to be made. Which coaching candidates would you both like to see in consideration for the head coaching position? Keep up the great work with the show. Okay, well, the Broncos don't have an open head coaching (laughs) position, Joshua. So, And, And we heard Vic Fangio say he is aware that there's talk out there. Earlier this week, he said, I know that people are talking about this head coaching position. He is not concerned about it, though. No. 
And if he's not concerned about it, why, why should we be? Why should we be? No, I, I think that obviously that's, there's a possibility. We'll, we'll see what it happens. Um, the Broncos, if they'd made up their minds, you would think that they would have made a move already because teams can start interviewing. That is true. Yeah. I mean, uh, we saw like what the, it was reported that the Jaguars have already requested a couple of interviews. Yeah. Dan Quinn um, already denied their interview request. That is true. That's the tough. Cowboys it's defensive tough. coordinator. Yeah. That's interesting because your friend, Ryan O'Haran from the Denver Post, said that the Jaguars' job is going to be in high demand. Oh, did he? He did. Wow. He reported. Are you down on Trevor Lawrence at all? No. Okay. Uh, Listen, with the head coaching job, we'll we'll talk about it if we get to it. Yeah, if that happens, we'll have many episodes here on the Many episodes. But uh, I will say this. The Broncos are 4-1 and against the Chargers. They've got to be better, obviously, against the Raiders and the Chiefs, but they've held Patrick Mahomes in check these last few games. As I mentioned on Monday, you've got to recognize that if you move on, especially from this defensive coaching staff, that there's a chance this defense, with all its talented players, takes a step back, and you use the rowboat analogy of you might create one hole by trying to plug another one. It's worth thinking about, do we want to get rid of kind of this expertise that is really stymied to look at what Joe Burrow did the week after he played yeah. the Broncos. I mean, there's, there's something to be said for that. And there's uh, some, there's something they said to to just some consistency, Eric, Yeah, you know, just like, uh, if you think about Vic Fangio's time here in Denver, the first year he had Joe Flacco, who was not in his prime. I don't think. <laughs> no. Uh, and then at the end of the year had drew Locke. last year, a new coaching staff, the COVID season, a lot of ups and downs last year. A lot of injuries. Uh, and then this year, he's had Teddy. This was his – really, this was supposed to be a time with Vic. Like He's like, okay, we got Teddy. This is our quarterback. And you've seen improvement. Yeah, and I, I think that – Teddy's been hurt too. So People here want playoffs, as do we. Yep. But I think the national perspective is, and I, I think it's not off base, is that if you look at the other teams compo- competing for wild card spots, and I know you don't necessarily agree, but – the Broncos are not necessarily like one of the seven most talented teams as currently Ooh, built. You used talented, huh? Because the other day you kind of blasted me for not. Well, you said the receivers were not talented, which I don't. I think is wrong. Okay. Like the Chargers with Justin Herbert, I think are probably a more like a better team than the Broncos. So it's not like a in my mind. There's no shame in finishing behind them, and you beat them, which is an impressive feat. Yeah. I don't know. The, yeah. Ra- the Ravens on the surface, I know they've dealt with a lot of injuries, but like the Ravens on the surface have an yeah. MVP at quarterback. The Broncos do not. You yeah. kind of look around the league and you can, around the AFC, and you can be like, well, especially at the quarterback position, these teams are better than the Broncos. And so it would almost have been an upset for them to get there. Yeah. I mean, they had high expectations. Yeah, they did. It, no one's going to like. I think, I think Vic ultimately is in charge of it all. But I would say that the areas that Vic touches directly have been very good. Yeah, I mean, you the know? game management, as we've talked about, probably needs to improve. Yeah. But the the defense in particular, keeping these guys motivated, you know, they fell to three and four yeah. earlier in the year. And for yeah. the fact that they, they came back and won the next two and kind of yeah. stayed, this yeah. is the first time they've been below 500 since that time. Yeah. Um, and we thought, we talked about it at the beginning of this year, this team was going to be around 500 all season long. Yes. That's sort of what we thought. Would yeah, be we case. said, we said eight, nine, nine, and eight, ten, and seven, somewhere in there. Yep, 
and they they got very close to that. Yeah. And who knows what happens these last two games. Right. So we'll see. Joshua, thank you very much for your thank email. You. If you'd like to be a part of the neutral zone, there are many ways you can do it. You can leave an email just like Joshua. How do you do that? Leave an email. Neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, which we did not get to this week. No. AJ, he had a tough time this tough week. Tough time. He could not believe the rushing total last, last no. week. 18 yards, I think. I think that's what it was. Yeah. AJ was very upset about that. AJ... We'll get to one of your questions. You can, you can uh, call and vent anytime you want. Any member of Neutral Zone Nation, we'll listen to it. We might not yeah. play it. Well, Ben Swanson, it's hard to get through. Yeah, exactly. It is hard to get through. Brandon from Iowa sent one in this week. Yeah. Edwin was a new one from uh, Colorado Springs. Yeah. Sent him. We appreciate these uh, these voicemails. So uh, the way to do that, 707-NEUTRAL. That's right. 707-NEUTRAL. Pretty easy. You can also get in touch with us directly uh, on Twitter at Eric Delala with an A, at Phil Milani with a PH. Non traditional spellings. Non traditional spellings. Just like Tom Agnetti, I'll share that photo yeah. when we're done. Of course. Because I'm focused. focused. Yep. Yeah, I'm focused right now. Here's, or here's something else. You can leave you a comment right here on the YouTube uh, page. Let us know do you like the show back in the studio here? It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice. There's not strobing lights. Check us out uh, Audio live on Mondays. There. Yeah. Breckenridge Brewery's farm home. Farm home. It officially became a farm home last It did. Week. It did. A lot yeah. of people there. They it brought a nice. second a second bevy during the show. First time that's happened. And that that was a moment that I was think the we both point. recognized. Yeah. They were like, this is a farm Kind of a home. two beers is probably the perfect number. For an hour long show. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That is a perfect yeah. number. Yeah. Two there's two of us, two bevies, yeah. one hour show. That's right. It is nice, though. Six to seven, Mountain Time. Always live on YouTube. Always live on There's the YouTube. There's legitimately page. no reason we would ever not be live. We go live. Yeah. Yeah, we do it live. Yeah. On the Broncos YouTube page. That's right. And that show's all about comments. You leave a comment, we answer it right there. Uh, Eric crunches some numbers on the calculator. and do, do, do. Gets, I find the path to the DVOA. playoffs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just crunch those DVOAs, and who knows what could happen. Eric, any shout-outs before we say goodbye? I think this is the last Neutral Zone show of this year. Wow. If I'm not mistaken. And I'm not mistaken. So I'd just like to shout-out every member of NZ Nation for all their support. I think we've grown this year, Phil. We have grown. There's more members of NZ Nation than ever before. Yep. We got stickers this year if you want a sticker. That's true. Email us. Email us. NeutralZoneShow at gmail.com. Yep. But thanks for everybody leaving voicemails, comments. Yeah. They're what makes this show what it is, Phil. It's not you, certainly. No. It's the fans. And it's our hair. And it's our hair. Yeah. I don't even have a quarter zip on today. What that's am a, I even that's doing? embarrassing. Yeah, what is even the point? Yeah. I'm in a casual quarter zip. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're I've in the got studio, many, I've got like, many types of quarter zip. you got formal quarter zip, <laughs> yeah, yeah, golf exactly. quarter zip, casual quarter zip. All different areas of your closet. Yeah. yeah just yeah, like different like, quarter zips. What kind of mood am I in yeah. today? Casual? Okay. Go yeah. to this area. Yeah. Casual quarter zip. And... It's only quarter zips in there. There's nothing else. Well, I have a quarter zip closet. That's the big one. (laughs) And then I have like a little box where I keep everything else. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's nice. I like that. I was going to say maybe shout out to John Madden. Yeah. You know, uh, rest in peace. uh, Died uh, earlier this week at the age of 85 years old, Eric. But uh, probably nobody who's had the same type of impact on the league as John Madden. No. As a coach. I think uh, a lot of Broncos fans probably did not like John Madden. No. You know, even though he's got that lovable personality, 
I think that uh, uh, Raiders were good. The Raiders were really good. Yeah, yeah. Some good stories about you know he that was the coach when the Broncos beat them to go to the first Super Bowl. Is that That's correct? when Tom Jackson went out of bounds near where John Madden was standing and said, "It's all over, Fat Man." <laughs> Which God. that just tells you what kind of larger than life personality he had on the uh, opposing side, where you know other players like thought about him. You yeah, know what I mean like. That's a classic story. Yeah. So, and then uh, to go on and have the broadcast career that he had, I think Vic Fangio kind of put it nicely uh, on Wednesday. He said that, you know, when he was critical of somebody, he didn't really do it with a venom. You know, he kind of yeah. uh, there was a warm and charming way that John broadcasted that just yeah. made you enjoy listening and watching yeah. him. It's like just one of those voices that yeah, synonymous with the game and yeah. He didn't get into like crazy X's and O's all the time, but like you still felt like you were getting something from him. Yeah, he invented DVOA, which was cool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then obviously uh, the, video the video game. game. Yeah, you know, I think that there's Vic, a large generation. Vic Fangio revealed Wednesday that he's never played a video game. Yeah. Do you do you believe that? <laughs> yes, I do believe it. <laughs> yes. You don't think he ever played no. like Pong or something? I don't think so. But also, he seems like a solitaire guy. Yeah. Is that a video game? No. Well, online. You mean on your computer? Yeah. He played, no, he probably paid, played with a deck of cards. <laughs> you think That's he's sitting there and dealing them out? Yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. Or a chess. Maybe he's a chess guy too. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. I don't think I don't I don't think he ever played a video game. I bet he's played Pong I once. I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I don't see it. That would be great content for the website. Get him to play. Let's Madden. get Vic to play Madden. Yeah. That we'll see what really happens. Yeah, I think we'll that's an off season. Exactly. That could be a really, yeah. really high quality off season. Yeah, that should be our goal. We'll yeah. get them to do okay, that. Yeah. perfect. With us, that'd be fun. Yeah, on the neutral zone. <laughs> yeah. It's just audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. I like okay, Vic. Like in this situation, what defense should we call? Yeah. You know, and he he might get a little too too into it. Yeah. He might like it too much. That's true. He might yeah. be like. <laughs> they, don't, I, they don't even have any good plays in this playbook. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's like uh, he's important uh, his own plays. He, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Imports his playbook. Yeah. yeah exactly. It could be nice. Um, but yeah. Uh, shout out. I think to John Madden. Very fitting. And yeah. of course, Liz. Liz Jones. Gerald's. Yeah. yeah. That is. And our friend the Hoffs. The Hoff, He's walking by the studio. Got that Hall of Fame ring on that. Yeah. I mean, that thing. Steve, that thing. It's a rock, man. Steve gets fist bumps. You know, it hurts and your it hand. Just hurts your hand. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, that ring, he, he yeah. doesn't take it Ooh, off. No, ever. he doesn't. I don't think I would either. No. Yeah, that's our friend. Well, he put in some hard work to get that thing. Yeah. Show it off. Yeah. He put in a lot of hard work. Yeah. So, All right. I think it's time to wrap up the show here. Uh, a lot of good talk about what's uh, what's going on these next two games for the Broncos. Yeah. I think we summed it up nicely. I think so. So, We'll be back on Monday at Breckenridge Brewery's Farm Home. Monday, 6 o'clock. It's in Littleton. Off of Santa Fe and Brewery. Brewing. It will also be live no matter what on the Broncos YouTube page. Yep. Until then, for Eric Dalala, I'm Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutral, Neutral Zone. Zone. See you next year.